Welcome to the Deacon and the Doctor. I'm Deacon Bill. And I'm Dr. Rhonda. And I am a, an ordained deacon in the Catholic Church. Well, I'm a doctor of education. And the idea of the podcast is we're going to invite you to pull a chair up to the kitchen table and we're going to talk about real events. What's relevant? Yeah, and you might not agree with us or we might not agree with each other, but we're still going to have the conversation because, you know, it's hard. It's hard out here. And this is the deacon and the doctor. Welcome to the premiere episode of The Deacon and the Doctor. I am Deacon Bill. And I'm Dr. Rhonda. And we are inviting you to pull up a chair to the kitchen table as we talk about the events of the day. And the one that sticks out to me is, first off, our prayers go out to all of Texas. I mean, just dealing with an absolute horrible situation here. People freezing, uh, no power for a week. Uh, This is just insane to me. But what's even worse... Rhonda, did you see the governor of Texas? Try to blame it on the windmills. (laughs) Yeah, it's the windmills fault. Don Quixote, for crying out loud, is running Texas. Do you believe this? It's, it's, It's laughable, and this is why it's laughable. You know, all they had to do was take precautions, winterize equipment, but, oh, it doesn't get cold in Texas ever, right? Right, and this didn't happen in 2011, right? Folks, I'm not talking about you know, 1900. I'm not talking about 18, 2011. There is a little thing called climate. So we do have these things that happen with our weather, but, and you're not just a doctor. What else are you? Um, I might, I might have a degree in meteorology also. Is there anything you don't have a degree in? (laughs) Oh, you know, I'm a professional student, but Hey. Yeah. So I, I heard governor Abbott say that the, cause of this crisis is that the windmills froze up. So I did a little digging, windmills, right? I said, okay, maybe this is a legit thing. Oh, wait, do other countries use windmills? Turns out there's a few that do. And are they in colder climates than Texas? Well, I, I don't know. Greenland? Does it get cold in Greenland? Norway? Oh, you you were there for... I, uh, back <laughs> in my Marine right? Corps days, I spent two months battle griffin. In the Arctic Circle of Norway, let me tell you what, eight feet of snow, blizzards. Was it cold? Gets cold. Did the, did the windmills freeze up in Norway? Seemed to still be working. I they, still saw the lights on in the city. They have power? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So. But in Texas, but here's the deal, Governor Abbott, in case you didn't know, El Paso, part of the state of Texas, they have power. Oh, so what is El, El, El Paso doing that the rest of Texas isn't? So it turns out that about 90% of Texas's power is all on an internal grid because the people of Texas or the government of Texas decided some years ago that they didn't want to be part of the federal Regu- grid. Regulated They didn't want to be regulated by the federal government. Yeah. So they decided to create their own network. El Paso's kind of um, west, you know, like Texas is a huge state, obviously on the western part and they said you know what we're good they had already decided to join a consortium with about 14 other states oh, those midwestern and mountain region going, states. yeah basically going up to montana all kind of that strip going up and down yeah that cool. part of the country right and shocking did they have power well they reported that about 3,000 people in El Paso lost power when the storm first hit within 
30 minutes, they had two-thirds of them restored, and within 12 hours, they had everybody's power restored. Okay, so seems to me... They also winterized all their equipment because, not for nothing, but this consortium includes, like, Montana and Colorado, like, places Places where, that are seriously cold you know, a high percentage like, Look, of the if, time. If you want to be part of this consortium, this is what you're going to do. And they're like, yeah, makes sense. They went through the same thing in 2011. That's what I'm saying. Like, the people who are in positions now, they remember this. Yes. And they failed to do this again. I think those are criminal actions. Like I said, the, uh, when Flint, Michigan went through the horrible uh, we, problems with water, yes, right? Yes, Flint was horrible, but right. we, we're going to... People, people should have gone to jail pe- for that. People didn't. Right? So, I, I don't... I mean, let's... Do you really think that... The people of Texas should be... I think somebody needs to be responsible. 15 people Holding people accountable, yes, I agree with. But um, let's not... Yeah, and here's another thing, right? But how are people getting these positions, right? Like, who's in charge of running this electrical power grid? You know, somebody that has all this years of experience of emergency management, electrical engineering, and... And working all of this at a high level? Probably not. It's probably Governor Abbott's like school buddy. That's probably who's running the, and making these decisions. Well, I don't, ridiculous. I, I mean, we don't know. Truth, truth be told, who's running uh, things. We in know Texas, they screwed it up, but we it is a big screw up. Huge screw up needs to be improved upon. Um, but how do how do we work that into, you know? day-to-day operations what happens how do you get that done because there's a lot of failures going on in this country i think if politicians were held more accountable less unqualified people would be running for office let's put it that way more people that were dedicated to doing the right thing not the popular thing would be making these decisions definitely need to have have more moral moral compasses because we've we've lost that along the way somewhere yeah, we lost a lot of it in 2016, but moving on. Yes. There's another issue I think that's important here that we need to talk about. Uh, I know around the country, everybody's been kind of handling this school thing differently, right? Like some people are like, oh, there's a pandemic. We can't do anything. That's kind of how we've been. We, we broadcast out of Maryland. That's kind of how Maryland's been, right? Um, some states. Like uh, Georgia. Your mom teaches mom in Georgia, works. right? Um, they're like pandemic, whatever. Everybody comes to school. <laughs> yeah, you know? They've been in school most of the year. So I want to hear from you. And I guess, I guess I say they've been in school. I guess I should caveat it. They have been in a part of the students are, are in person, the, the, whose parents opted in. But then those students that wanted to be virtual have been virtual. So doing a hybrid. So they have a hybrid situation Got set it. up. So help me understand this, Dr. Rhonda. Way for me, kind of the, the there's a pandemic and and having people in a room is unsafe, less safe, whatever, right? Yeah, and I think really, Deacon, you should make sure that you, we we call out and and pay, pay say some prayers for the people that have lost their lives due to COVID as well. Amen. Yeah, I think right now um, over four hundred fifty thousand people. Yeah, have so died as a result of this. COVID is yeah, real. Absolutely. So we can't minimize it. Right. But the thing, the thing that I know is that students, from a social emotional standpoint, are missing out. The marginalized, the 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 folks that are 
in a lower socioeconomic status, there there's some issues with instruction, home-based instruction, whether that student at home is taken care of by a sibling because parents have to go to work. Yeah. Those are all things that we don't consider, you know, if, if we're not in that position. People don't think about that. Do they have access to Wi-Fi? Do they have right. access so to... Right, so our county had to issue some... It's it's low-cost Wi-Fi, but, I mean, if you have three, four kids potentially in a household sharing a low rate of... Uh, Bandwidth? Right. It's not going to be steady enough to keep you on. Right, but help me understand this. Way for me the difference. Like, all right, we have the pandemic. We, we want people to be social distance. We want people to be safe. We're talking about kids here. Kids need social socialization. Kids need to be around kids. Kids needs to be need to need to be around kids. But how how can you how can you tell a five year old you can't hug, you can't you know you can't see your friends, you can't high five your friends? How do you, how do you say that to a child? And who's monitoring keep and keeping those students apart? You know what do you, what's that look like? That's I'd like to find out from some colleagues right but but what about the 15 16 year old that's you know isolated and they want no part of like it's not i mean it's, it's from when we were 15 and 16 we didn't want no part of being around our parents come on that's crazy right. and you know yes so and i i see that too like yes it's it would be nice to be able to go out and be a part of you know your school crowd be in the school crowd, be social, but you know, with with the limitations on six feet apart, like, are we really gonna? Are the students gonna really be six feet apart? Well, that's safe. Do we have to consider all that safety? When well, we, certainly in schools where the classrooms were already overcrowded, that that's oh, not gonna yeah, be so possible. Oh yeah, so let me just say, thirty five plus students in a classroom, thirty five students aren't aren't becoming six feet apart. In any middle school that I ever visit, unless they go to the gym. Well, Jim Jim has ninety <laughs> kids in the class, so <laughs> no. Let's be clear. No, they can't. So that that's where that's what you know. That's where educators are. We have to consider. You know, is it worth risking my life? And we don't we don't truly know all the implications for our our children at this point in time either. You know, with COVID being you know new virus. Like, yes, scientists are discovering things on a daily basis, and it doesn't treat everybody the same, you know. Yeah, and the other thing I'd like to say, too, is is a big shout-out to the teachers out there making it happen because, man, ooh, oh, man. Ooh. Yes, yes, they are. Uh, teachers don't get paid enough to begin with, but uh, just to, to transition, the skill set to be in a classroom and be effective to being on a screen, on a Zoom, and being effective, it's completely different. So, and yeah. God bless all of you making that happen. And one thing that I, we've said in the education community is that, you know, this year is like a first year for every teacher. No one's been in this. So, everybody's learning curve has been increased through the COVID uh, pandemic. Absolutely. And look, parents out there, help your teachers out. And get your kids out of bed. I, I know it's hard. I struggle with it too. Don't get me wrong, but... You know, we can pitch in and help out the teachers, too. So we need to do our part. Yes. Hey, and now it's time for a word from our sponsor, Anchor.com. 
Hey folks, uh, this is Deacon Bill here. Just a quick disclaimer. Know that the views expressed on Deacon and the Doctor are strictly Rhonda's and mine. They don't represent... I can speak for myself. My <laughs> views. <laughs> they don't represent the views of the Catholic Church or any church within the Catholic Church, right? And they definitely don't represent any education, no institution or uh, entity. Just my views. And the other thing that we'd love is we'd love to hear your views. And so you can reach us uh, on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, find us at Deacon underscore Doctor. Yes, Deacon underscore Doctor. And follow us and give us some likes on the things that we post that you find interesting or comment if you have something that you'd like to add. And we will be gladly discussing it on our future episodes. Thanks. Thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. Um, now we're going to transition and talk about something related to religion. Hey, I like it. Um, so we just we just entered the Lenten season here. Um, so kicked off with Ash Wednesday. But right. Guess but what? before that, guess what happened? Like, I so I I grew up in the Mississippi area, like high school. That is. And we would always have Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday. There was no Fat Tuesday this year. There was no Mardi Gras parade. No parades. And it's it's like COVID has really impacted so much in the way that we do things. But so no pancakes on on Tuesday. Or I guess you could have had your pancakes on Tuesday, but you weren't going to have, you know, Mardi Gras. Yeah, and the idea is it, it's just kind of more of a symbolic thing that has been way traditionalized um, by those outside the church, right? But the idea is Lent should be this period of reflection and fasting. We'll talk a little bit about that, right? So Mardi Gras is supposed to be the big party before kind of that six-week lull, right? And so you're trying to get six weeks' worth of partying Partying out of your system in one day. That's Well, hey, and some people, I'm sure, still did it, even though there were no parades. But um, so what you you mentioned there are three things, three, three pillars, pillars of Lent. Yeah. So here's what we focus on. And look, I know uh, this one's largely for the Christians. OK, but look, we always invite our Jewish brothers and sisters and our Muslim brothers and sisters and our agnostic and atheist brothers. And sisters. You're allowed to jump on the train with us for Lent, because even if you're not, you know, kind of following it for the same reasons we are still great things to do for your life. Right. So, number one, we pray first pillar of Lent, right? And the way we look at this, right, is can you make prayer a time when you really silence out the outside world and just really reflect? And, you know, for us in, in the church, it's private conversation between you and God. And, and it's your chance to grow closer to God, right? Second pillar is fasting. So what is fasting? We just think of it as giving things up, right? Like, oh, I give up chocolate for Lent, and people brag about what they're giving up. And that's great. So as long as that thing you're giving up, right, there should be a space that's created by it, and you're filling that space with the love of the Lord, okay? And again, if you're not choosing to follow the Lord, you can still give something up, you know? I think, I think that the, the pillars, um, I'll let you get into that third pillar in a minute, but you were kind of uh, going on and on. I, th- I, I yes, you were. I think that the the pill the pillars really can be applicable to any yeah any person yeah whether you're you're faith based or or not um and so you know prayer prayer for some people 
might be just reflection, right? Or meditation. Meditation. So, you know, that just want to highlight that even though you're sharing information as it relates to us. But look, as a deacon, I'm telling you, you should be praying. I'm telling you that right now. Amen. And the third pillar is almsgiving, right? So again, fasting. Let's say I gave up chocolate for Lent, right? And I normally spend $10 a week. On chocolate. So what y'all need to do is think of it in terms of this, those Starbucks coffees that you go right, through, the drive through to get right. that you pay four the or five vente, dollars for the, the vente lattes. The, like save up all that money and donate it to someone in need. Right. Um, you know, find you know, obviously for us the church, but like find. But I think we give beyond the church too. So let's. Well, let's certainly not there's a lot of homeless we don't, groups we don't, and, we don't and uh, yeah, we so certainly give, do. Giving goes beyond the church. Um, so, but we can. You know, so that's really what what Lent is. It's a, it's a time to grow closer, but it should also be a time to really do some inner reflection. So um, the the quote that I heard today that I thought was just beautiful, right? Um, church isn't a place we go. Church is who we are, and we are the church. You know, and so you know, kind of think of how that that applies to you in your own life, right? But instead of complaining about what's going bad around you. Look in the mirror and, yeah. and really start with that person, right? Start with me. What can I do? What can I reflect on? What can I improve? Yes. And, and then kind of move on from there, right? Yes. I mean, I mean, you know me. You know I lack patience. So during this Lenten season, I'm, I'm going to work on being patient like Mother Mary. Awesome. And the one thing uh, I am working on is a little bit of that too, but really trying to be more, what's the right word? Like more focused on helping others, less focused on complaining about what I see wrong around me, right? Because I'm real good at that. And so I think I, that's not just you. I think we all are. <laughs> they didn't do that right. That's wrong. Oh. You, you know, um, in, in the business world, we, we call this concept like Kaizen, right? That whole like small incremental changes around yes. me. I think life is about, you know, small incremental changes, trying to slowly reach whatever aspirations you're trying to reach. Right. Yeah. So. These are like kind of big issues. I know we started off with like some heavy issues. And again, our prayers continue out for the folks in Texas. But let's lighten it up just a little bit. What are you uh, rocking on television? What the, you know, what's entertaining you these days? Well, you know, you you, you being a big uh, Marvel Comics fan. Nerd. Yeah. Go ahead. You can say it. But nerd, nerd's not bad. Nerd's good. Cause, That's right. You, know, you love this I, nerd. Don't I, forget that. I, I love nerds. And I I want my students to be nerds, so um, nerd is good. Um, but what what is it? What's it called? WandaVision. WandaVision, rocking on Disney Plus. Okay, Wanda. seven. We're seven episodes in. Two more to go. WandaVision had me sleeping a couple of for those first couple of episodes. <laughs> it was slow at the start, but she she's picked it up. The show's picked up. I I must say. I, I, I tell people, if you're new to it, start with episode four. You can skip the first three. Start with episode four. You'll be just fine. You, you, you'll be all caught up. That is a place to go. The other neat thing is uh, they're introducing a new, uh, well, she'll be a superhero, um, Monica Rambeau, Photon. She's the original Captain, well, I guess the original Captain Marvel's an alien Kree. But um, she's the, the first, first female, female to have that Captain Marvel title in the comic books. But now... Um, 
now she goes by the name Photon, and and so I think her character will have some play. Are they? She's getting a show, or she's just she's she's in one division. Yeah, I think she'll probably transition from one division to Captain Marvel two. Oh, okay. I think she'll be in that movie. We'll see. All right. I mean, yeah. I think there's a natural uh, you know, play there. One thing that I found interesting during the pandemic is how you know Hollywood has shifted, and they're releasing movies straight to whatever platform we have in our home. Oh, yeah, like we had Wonder Woman 1984 go right to HBO Max and not... And I'm a big Wonder Woman fan, but oh, boys and girls, man, oh, man. That was not good. <laughs> Just, you know, I was like, oh, they, they could have done so much better. Yeah, so Wonder Woman 1984 was a... Uh, that's I, I would say it's a wait till it comes on video, but we, it we saw it on video. video. <laughs> that wasn't good, no. I'll tell you what else disappointed me was the Tiger Woods uh, documentary. Uh, I think that one's also on HBO Max, so I don't know if folks have had a chance to check that one out. But for me, big sports geek, I was looking... For this to kind of, I was comparing it to Last Dance, the the one with Michael Jordan. But a lot of people year. didn't like the Last Dance. Oh, that was great. You, you thought, didn't like the Last. You thing. thought it was great because you you like Jordan. Uh, greatest player the hey, game has seen. I, Jordan's Jordan's great. Not taking anything from him, but you know, some people said that their characters, the way they were portrayed, wasn't you know. Hey, the winners write the stories, right? Mike was the winner. Well, that's part of the problem sometimes, right? But I think what was lacking, too, in the Tiger Woods documentary, we didn't get anything from Tiger Woods. No. You know, whereas The Last Dance was really an intimate look at Jordan. Yes. You know, yes, and, and we true. saw Jordan breaking down. We saw him at his at his weak moments as yeah. well, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so I think we're kind of in a renaissance right now sports-wise, right? I mean, the one thing I will say about Tiger Woods, he won the Masters – 2019 like are you kidding me like yeah he brought he brought his a game back you know i mean if if anybody as low as he got to come back and win the masters yeah i mean it just shows that he has he he persevered through those low points and you know the back surgeries and all of the things health health wise that he had to come back from it just it, it does speak to his drive and determination um so with that being said what do you think you know, the Australian Open played. No, so, yeah, we saw, uh, you know, we watched it together, right? We saw Serena lose to uh, Osaka in uh, the Australian. And for one, the Australian's tough because, like, you've got this great match. And it's on, it was like a Wednesday night at, like, 11 o'clock, right? So, I mean, that's horrible. But, um I, again, you know, talking about this renaissance, right? We had Tiger Woods come back to win the Masters. We had LeBron win the NBA championship. We had Brady win the Super Bowl. Just seeing these all-time great players still getting it done. And Serena, no different. You know, she was seated 10th at the Australian and, you know, made it to the semifinals. I, I got to say, though, Osaka is her kryptonite. I, I, for what as great as Serena is and has been, just a legendary. Yeah. Well, career. when when I saw that she had Osaka in the draw, I was like, oh, brother, she's. We'll see how she does, but yeah, it's a bit of a um, a kerfuffle going on on Twitter though about that match. That match was called um, as most are. Uh, the color commentator was Chris Everett again. Uh, Chris Everett, famous tennis player in her own right, but she's been doing commentary for decades now since she retired and 
Um, there's a lot of pushback against the way Chris Everett talks and, and kind of comments on the Williams sisters. And, and certainly and Serena. The, Williams, the Williams sisters have definitely had had their unfairness, you know, poked at them. So what did Chris Everett say? Well, she continues. So let me back up. You know, I'll just say this. I think Serena is the ultimate competitor. Uh, you know, and I liken it, you know, I, I played a little bit of football in my younger days, right? And there were guys that they were really nice, easy going, and they get on the football field and just be just out of control, crazy, right? And I think Serena kind of gets into that. She, we don't know. Like, so what did Chris ever say? Tell me that. That's what I'm saying. So I, she, over the years, has talked about how um, the Williams sisters um, can be troubling. Um, troublemakers. Troublemakers. She, she, she said something right. like that. So what's the troublemaker? I, I, again, you got to ask Chris Everett to. But why would like so that that's her uh, yeah, using I mean, some microaggressions of, or whatever we want to call it, whatever term be. we want to use towards them. And a lot of times she doesn't describe a white player in that same way, right? right? When 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 whatever white player goes off on somebody. It's not looked at as, oh, well, they're causing trouble. Well, it would be interesting to see if she had commented. Like, obviously, she was still playing when John McEnroe was playing, right? But McEnroe would be, you know, kind of that yeah. that classic example of a white player who just lost his mind all the time on the court. Yeah. Right? Um, and how would she have articulated, you know, what she observed him right. doing? And, you know, and, and fact, I don't know the answer to that. The fact that we don't have a predominant black male in the, in the sport of tennis and Serena is the black female that is there you know she she's she takes the the brunt of a lot of um the heat for things and if it's not done in the way that is acceptable for the because tennis is considered one of those like more etiquette driven sports right tennis and golf tend to be the two big ones that you think about sure Yeah. yeah like they were upset when she wore the wrong thing at the french open and changed the rules right right i you know i think that's I tell you what, though, we needed to win one more. One, well, two more, right? She's one behind Margaret Court. She's one behind Margaret yes. Court. I, I want. You I know. would love to see her win two more, but as long as she Osaka's in the match, it's a hard one to. She's a hard. But one congrats, to get. Uh, and and Osaka did go. And she beat another um, U.S. lady, uh, Jen Brady. I think her name was, but she was like, I don't even think she was seated. She just came Man. out of the drawing, made yeah. it all the way to the final. So great job. Uh, you know, hopefully, certainly on the women's side, U.S. tennis has has been doing largely because of the Williams sisters. But right. the, the but Williams on the sisters men's that Chris side, Ever has a lot to say about. Yeah. So you know, let's let's get off of the Williams sisters because the Williams sisters are definitely bringing in some viewers. Oh, definitely into yeah. the tennis arena. Yeah. I don't know. If Venus is is kind of past that point, I think, in her career, but Serena certainly still getting it done. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know what, uh, folks. We don't actually get paid to put in any overtime on this show, so I think it's about time that we look to wrap it up. This has been an incredible experience, Rhonda. I love doing this with you. You know, the truth be told, we do this most every night of the week, even when it's not being recorded, right? We just don't record it. (laughs) Thank you for joining us at our table to chat about some current events. And again, uh, you know, uh, you can find us on Twitter uh, and on Instagram at Deacon underscore Doctor. Uh, we love having all of you with us. 
And we just want you to know, um, please give us a like, reach out and comment, ask questions. If you have some topics that you'd like us to kick around in our next episode, we're uh, more than open to that. Thanks for tuning in.